Infrastructure is on the agenda. I'm Pam Puso, Fox News. But not in Washington, in England, where day two of the G7 summit is underway. A senior official with the Biden administration says the global infrastructure effort aimed at helping developing nations is in response to China's Belt and Road Initiative. Yesterday, world leaders signaled support for a global corporate tax rate. The Biden team says they believe the key to global economic fairness is this new global corporate minimum tax of 15 percent. A senior Biden administration official explains why they like this tax on a conference call. We see this as a critical step towards ending the race to the bottom on corporate taxes that's come at the expense of workers, at the expense of investments in domestic renewal, and at the expense of growing the middle class. Fox says Peter Juicy, tomorrow President Biden travels to Windsor Castle for a visit with Queen Elizabeth, then it's off to Brussels for a NATO summit. From there, the president travels to Geneva for a face-to-face -face with Russian leader Vladimir Putin, who sat down with NBC News. He was asked about President Biden calling him a killer and spoke through a translator. I've gotten used to attacks from all kinds of angles and from all kinds of areas under all kinds of pretext and reasons and of different caliber and fierceness, and none of it surprises me. President Biden has said he wants a stable, predictable relationship with Russia. Mass shootings in Savannah, Georgia and Austin, Texas. In Savannah, police say one person was killed and at least eight others hurt last night. In Austin, police say at least 13 people were hurt at a downtown restaurant. No word on suspects in either incident. Today marks five years since the shooting massacre at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida. 49 people were killed. The suspect was killed by police. America's listening to Fox News. It's Brett Larson inviting you to download and listen to the new daily Fox on Tech podcast. There's part of a colorful late 90s iMac on Mars. It's an idea that seems a lot like Kickstarter called Build It. This isn't the first time we've heard about North Korea hackers trying to get a leg up on COVID-19, a range that was used for satellite TV service in the 70s. Get the latest trends in technology, cybersecurity alerts, and gadget news daily. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Connect to Fox News Audio on the Fox News app. Listen to hear your favorite hosts like Brian Kilmeade, Jimmy Fallon, and Guy Benson standing up for what's right live and via podcast. Just click listen, then swipe right and hear the latest news updates on your time. And scroll down to hear the latest podcasts from Fox News. And it's even easier to listen in the car with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Get programming alerts and notifications. Fox News Audio is on the Fox News app. The Voices America Trusts. Download it now. Efforts to tighten voting laws in Republican-controlled states are being examined by the Justice Department. Attorney General Merrick Garland says the Justice Department will double its staff in the Civil Rights Division responsible for protecting voter rights over the next 30 days. We are scrutinizing new laws that seek to curb voter access, and where we see violations, we will not hesitate to act. Garland says the department is also scrutinizing post-election audits ensure they abide by federal statutory requirements to protect election records and avoid the intimidation of voters. The department is publishing guidance for early voting and voting by mail. Jared Halpern, Fox News. 
The fatal shooting of a black man outside a Louisiana convenience store has led to a multi-million dollar settlement. The children of Alton Sterling will receive four and a half million dollars over the next four years. That's according to Sterling's family and the mayor of Baton Rouge. Sterling was shot in 2016 after police received a report about a man waving a gun outside the store. The incident, which was captured on video, sparked angry protests. The officer who shot Sterling was fired. Another was suspended. The world wants answers about the origins of the coronavirus, but China remains unwilling to assist. Secretary of State Antony Blinken spoke with China's top diplomat. State Department says Blinken pushed a transparent study in China into COVID's origins. China's government then accused the U.S. of politicizing this and calls the theory that the virus escaped from a Wuhan lab absurd. Fox's Rich Edson. COVID-19 restrictions are a thing of the past in Chicago. Capacity limits have been lifted, along with indoor mask mandates for the fully vaccinated. Pam Puso, Fox News. This is WFMD News. An apparent murder-suicide in Washington County remains under investigation by the state police. Spokesman Greg Shipley says that around 10.30 on Thursday, troopers were contacted by the wife of 34-year-old Sean Thompson of Frederick. She reported him missing along with their 2-year-old son, Dawson. She said her husband left for the Appalachian Trail from her parents' home in Boonesboro and took their son, saying they were going hiking. His car was found in a parking lot near the trail. Sean Thompson and Dawson were found early that morning. Their bodies have been taken to the state medical examiner's office for autopsies. And the Brunswick City Council unanimously voted on Tuesday for Kevin Grunwell to be the city's new police chief. That's according to Mayor Nathan Brown. I'm Kevin McManus on MidMaryland's Radio News Center 930 WFMD. The 930 WFMD Skyscan forecast for Frederick and surrounding counties. For today, we'll have mostly cloudy skies, showers, and possibly a thunderstorm. Some of the storms could produce heavy rain, the high 70. Tonight, cloudy, showers likely mainly before 8 o'clock, the low 61. For Saturday, partly sunny, the high 83. Partly cloudy Saturday night, the low 64. For Sunday, mostly sunny, each other showers and thunderstorms, the high 86. And sunny Monday, the high 84. PJ's Roofing, when it comes to your roof, they've got you covered. Visit PJ's Roofing. I'm Dean Fettis. For nearly two decades, the award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD. News from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of the Your Financial Editor program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And of course, as a podcast, just go to iTunes and search Your Financial Editor, and um, you'll uh, have the podcast to listen to at any time. Also, you can download the free app, WFMD app. Uh, just go to the App Store, the Android Store, and uh, put it right on your smart device. And you can listen to the Your Financial Editor program or any of the good programming uh, here on the station at any time. So uh, I am Chris Murray, your host. Thanks so much for being with us today. I appreciate it. Hope things are going well for you. And uh, we have a good program planned for you. Uh, we're going to be talking about some very interesting top stories, some also interesting economic data, inflation in particular. And then joining me in just a little bit, uh, Dr. Jonathan Newman. He's a professor of 
economics and finance at Bryan College down in Dayton, Texas, uh, Tennessee. And um, he wrote a really good piece that ended up in my uh, email box uh, this week that I read. And uh, he's going to kind of expand on that a little bit. It's titled How Monetary Expansion Creates Income and Wealth Inequality. So, you know, those are really buzzwords now, quality, equity, um, inequality, you know, and, and I think it's important that we learn a little bit more about the central banks around the world and what they're doing with um, their printing of money and manipulation of interest rates, as well as uh, governments spending taxpayer uh, money way, way, way down the road. Um, so we're going to talk about those things. And again, I think you'll find it very uh, informative. A big deal this week, and there was more than one, but one really caught my uh, my attention. A group of private equity firms reached a deal to acquire a company called Medline Industries that value the medical supply company at more than $30 billion. And this is one of the largest leveraged buyouts since the financial crisis. So uh, Medline said that the Blackstone Group, the Carlisle Group, and Hellman Freeman um, had reached a deal to take a majority stake in the company. So what I really liked, it's a great success story, an American success story. It's family owned. Uh, you probably don't recognize the name, but it, Medline is a major player in the field of medical equipment. It manufactures and distributes equipment and supplies used in hospitals and surgery centers and acute care and other medical facilities in more than 125 countries. Two brothers, James and John Mills is the last name, founded the company back in 1966. And um, the family is going to remain the single largest shareholder in the company after this buyout. And the management team is going to remain in place. Just a phenomenal, again, American success story. Uh, congratulations to the Mills family uh, for what they built and um, for going ahead. I just wish them all the luck in the world. Um, so we've been hearing a lot about for years, actually, you know, minimum wage amounts being increased and it being forced on companies. Well, the former CEO of McDonald's, his name is Ed Renzi. He's warning that the fight for a $15 minimum wage is directly contributing to the restaurant industry's push toward automation. So last month, McDonald's announced plans to raise starting hourly raise or wages ranging from $11 per hour to $17 per hour for crew and $15 to $20 per hour for shift managers. So the uh, fast food uh, chain noted that their wage hike announcement um, is tied to their plans to hire 10,000 new employees over the next three months. Um, however, the current CEO of McDonald's during a conference call, or it wasn't a call, actually, he was at a conference. I'm not sure if it was um, virtual or not. But anyway, he said during this conference that McDonald's is testing an automated voice recognition based drive through ordering system at 10 of their Chicago locations. 
So the artificial intelligence technology has 85% accuracy with filling orders with workers having to step in for approximately just one in five orders. So this is, and I've said this for years, can you say kiosk? Because that's what this is going to do. They're, they're making these uh, companies, and this is obviously McDonald's. You know, they, if they could handle it, anybody could because of their, um, their scale, if you will, of how much uh, business they do. But even, you know, when they saw this writing on the wall, they said, wait a minute. You know, we've got to go to some other alternatives because we can't afford to pay people. We've seen subway businesses go out of, say, uh, out of business. Um, just because they're forced in, say, like uh, Oregon, where they were forced to pay a certain amount uh, per hour. So this is what happens. Like I said, I've for years, can you say kiosk? Because that's, that's what it's going to turn into. We already see it, actually. Um, and then we also heard from Chipotle this week. They're raising their menu prices by as much as 4% in order to offset increased employees' uh, wages that they put in place last month. So, again, they're looking at this $15 average hourly wage by the end of this month. And the employees um, basically are they're, they're trying to ramp up their employees as far as a number so that they'll be ready for a very busy summer season is uh, the way the CEO was talking uh, this week. So the company's looking to hire 20,000, twice as much as, um, as McDonald's. But again, what does that mean? What's the actual result? Well, we just talked about automation and kiosk and artificial intelligence. Um, the other is if you want to eat at these places after being forced uh, for them, um, not, not in this case, they're not forced. These companies are choosing to raise uh, their wages, which is great. They're private companies. They can do that. But still, the result is kiosk and higher cost. So those costs are being passed on to you. Um, so that's something to keep in mind when you hear about this, uh, the, the national $15 or $18 or whatever per hour. Um, it's not appropriate in many, many, many cases. So, um, you know, I know people jump up and down, but, you know, you're not meant to start and stay in that job forever. You're to uh, work to advance. And that's why wages can be lower and they are lower in in, uh, many instances. So, you know, we're talking about all this uh, stuff going on. We know that um, these companies, McDonald's, Chipotle, pretty much everywhere you look, the companies are saying that they can't get the workers, you know. I mean, we talked about this past week a record nine-plus million jobs that are open right now. But because people are making so much money by not working, um, they're not showing up to get a new job. And the labor secretary, uh, he said on Wednesday, he actually defended the federal unemployment program amid growing concerns of this labor shortage that, you know, I just mentioned. He was testifying before the House Education and Labor Committee, and he stood by that $300 a week supplement included in the package that Democrats passed earlier this year. So although the program is not slated to expire until September the 6th, 25 GOP-led states 
have recently announced plans to prematurely cut off the extra aid. And it can't happen soon enough. Um, But, you know, Walsh pushed back against that assessment. Uh, He was pressed by uh, Congresswoman Fox about the damaging unemployment insurance scheme that's created an incentive for Americans to stay home. But again, that's what this administration wants to do. Um, just like uh, the Obama administration, we saw it uh, in in plain sight as well. They want you to be dependent. So um, he's just towing the line. You know, that's his job uh, by trying to defend something that really is indefensible. You know, you don't want to pay people more to not work than to work. That's just, uh, it's so un-American, it's sickening, actually. And then, you know, we hear about all these problems with, um, and and they are logistical uh, problems of getting food and material and product, et cetera, across, back and forth the country, uh, back and forth across the country because of of issues. Well, the administration has completed a 100-day review of supply chains So what are they going to do now? They're going to form a task force to address the bottlenecks in the semiconductor, construction, uh, agriculture sectors, etc. So this is what, again, what bureaucracy looks like. You create these reviews and committees and task force, and then you think about it some more, and then you come out with um, a recommendation and policies uh, piece that's 250 pages long. That's what they did. So this is, um, you know, this is basically a snail's pace of trying to fix anything. Really, we, we, we see it no matter if it's inflation, if it's logistics, if it's the border, um, if it's, again, not getting people back to work. It's, it's really, really sad. Um, not surprising because of the people behind the scenes that are, you know, the puppeteers, just like we saw in the Obama administration. There are um, different teams that are really pulling the strings and making these things happen. It wasn't Obama and it sure as heck isn't uh, Biden. So um, it's just frustrating, again, when you see all of the bureaucracy and the the um, the sludge, you know, the slow, slow movement uh, to problems as opposed to what we were um, fortunate to experience before this current administration where things were tackled immediately and really um, with um, with a lot of energy and making sure that it was going to be fixed, fixed properly and fixed as quickly as it could be fixed. Um, or help uh, provide it as quickly as it could be. So um, that was, again, that's just very disheartening. Uh, Some cruise lines got some good news. Two Carnival cruise ships actually received approval to start uh, restricted passenger sailings out of the United States, uh, according to the CDC spokesperson. Uh, uh, Again, you know, these two ships make it actually the third and fourth now, that have gotten the approval um, at Carnival. And then there's others um, out there like Royal Caribbean um, and different other cruise lines that are getting permission. Uh, in particular, the Carnival um, ships, they sail out of uh, Galveston, Texas. The problem here, there is a rub. 
So, number one, Carnival's going with the CDC, um, and they're telling you you have to be vaccinated at least 14, 14 days before you get on the ship and sail. That's not the rule in Texas. So the governor, uh, Governor Abbott, is pushing back on that, saying you're not going to make people get vaccinated. Texans, they can travel when and where they want. So there's this little bit of pushback. I'll have to defend – well, I think uh, – Governor Abbott is a very, very good governor, and I'm with him on that. You have to defend Carnival a little bit, though, because of all of this garbage that's been passed through Congress, all of these different programs related to the virus, which, as I've said since the beginning, is uh, not our fault. It came from China. I don't care if it came from a bat or a laboratory. Who cares? We know where it came from, and they show no remorse. Um But anyway, all of this stuff that's been passed, you know what hasn't been in any of it? Legal protection from the ambulance chasers. So Carnival's probably thinking, man, if we get people on the boat and somebody gets the virus, we're going to get our pants sued off. And that's exactly what's going to happen, just like any other business. I'm not going to be surprised at all if we go two years down the road and we start seeing class action lawsuit commercials instead of, um, you know, whatever roundup or mesotheliomia or whatever it is, it's going to be COVID or, you know, the virus did you walk into Joe and Bob's store and, um, to, to buy some fishing gear. I bet you that's where you got the virus. So we're going to sue them and we're going to find five other people. Cause I think it only takes six for a class action lawsuit these days. And, um, you know, we're just going to start suing everybody. So why wouldn't the government protect private business? And again, essential, right? Essentials, whatever that means. I totally disagree with that. I mean, our firm was considered essential from the very beginning. We're no better than anybody else that wants to go work and work hard every day. You know, it's stupid what the shingle says outside of your store. Um, And, but but anyway, you know, I have to go with Carnival and some of these other um, companies. I understand why they're going to try to go with the CDC. Um, <laughs> I don't. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't really have a whole lot of faith in them. And it's obvious if you look over the last fourteen months, they don't know any better than anybody else um, what what's going on. Um, but you're going to have these these lawsuits. I think so. They're probably trying to do as much as they can to cover themselves prior to that happening. Uh, Something else that really got me, and I don't know if we have any listeners that have diabetes or certain allergies uh, and whatnot, but the White House this week gave Biden the green light to move forward with removing a Trump-era health care policy designed to bring down the price of insulin. So I don't know if you remember this. It happened a year or so ago. But um, Biden actually retracted the rule that that was that was approved on Monday. So this measure, it, it signed off on under the previous administration in December, um, aimed to require hundreds of thousands of community health centers to deliver savings to low-income patients for insulin and the EpiPen. Just common sense, you know. It's not like there's a... I mean, insulin's insulin. 
You know, the EpiPen is the EpiPen trying to save people some money. Focus on uh, President Trump that he had on lowering drug prices in uh, different areas wherever he could, uh, which is something everybody always talks about but never does. And here we get it. And just because, again, the last administration did it, they're going to punish people who need insulin and the EpiPen. I, you, you know, again, this, is, this makes no sense whatsoever, and it's just another reminder for all of us, don't vote for a person, vote for their policies. Don't vote for what they say, vote for what they do and their policies. That's that's what's going to help uh, the United States the most. Um, the other thing we've been seeing, a lot of activity with this ransomware stuff. So JBS uh, paid an $11 million ransom a couple weeks ago uh, to cyber criminals who, well, actually it was just last week, temporarily knocked out their plants that process roughly one-fifth of America's meat supply. That was according to the uh, uh, CEO. So the ransom payment was in Bitcoin, um, and it was paid to shield the company from further disruption and to limit the potential impact on restaurants and grocery stores and farmers and ranchers, etc. Um, this is just another example of uh, evil where... These stinking hackers and computer geniuses, I guess, it to some extent, instead of doing good things with their gifts, they do just the opposite and they steal. Um, so, you know, again, this is a massive amount of money. Uh, we did learn this week also that the Colonial Pipeline locked down a couple weeks ago. The Justice Department announced that uh, investigators were able to recover most of that ransom paid to hackers that interrupted operations at the Colonial Pipeline uh, last month. So apparently the um, DOJ said that they were able to get 2.3 million of the 4.4 million in ransom, again, bitcoins that have so far been recovered. I was very surprised at that because that's, a, you know, that's the dark side of, uh, of the Internet. Um, that's the dark, dark side of cryptocurrencies. And I was surprised that they could claw that money back. But the, it was a pleasant surprise, to say the least. And we didn't really talk about it. I don't know if you heard about it or not. Um, I saw it uh, earlier this week. But Navistar International learned of a credible potential cybersecurity threat to its information technology system and that they had uh, extracted certain data. So Navistar made sure on Monday they let all the um, uh, government officials understand about the investigation that they had launched and about potential problems when it came to cybersecurity. But just think about this. I mean, how serious this is. Our meat um, supply chain and food supply chain, our energy with Colonial, our energy supply chain, Navistar, you know, you start talking about trucking and routing and uh, certain equipment. If you disrupt that, then you bring the economy to a halt. 
if you know you start having real serious problems there. Um, and it, it gets even worse when I was looking into it in more detail. I mean, the, a lot happens we don't hear about. I was reading and studying on some of the hospitals and medical facilities that have been hacked. They actually, the hackers divert, which are Russians, by the way. So we'll see how this uh, summit, this G7 summit goes um, and, you know, how badly Putin just kicks us in the teeth because that's what he's doing with all this. He knows what's going on in his country and he doesn't care. Actually, a lot of the people work for him. Um, so, but, you know, you start looking at, at all of this, but there was a, a medical facility where the hackers, because they wouldn't pay the ransom, they were diverting ambulance calls and then the second option was 90 miles away but what if you have to have dialysis or what if you have to have a surgery or a chemotherapy or or anything and yet it's locked down and the hospital or the center can't function because of these hackers they need to be nuked I mean, something serious needs to be done with these people. And I know it. I'm just saying, you know, armchair quarterback, I know it's not easy. I'm, I'm not trying to allude to that. But something needs to be done in a very, very serious way. You know, you've got these guys standing around saying that the threat, the main threat to America or the main threat to um, free societies and um, – free countries in particular is cyber is excuse me is global warming no it's not it's this kind of stuff don't be goofy why would you say that that makes no sense whatsoever especially since you can't back it up so um hopefully we're going to get some tough people involved again i give department of justice uh and the fbi those uh, hard workers there the doers not the bureaucrats um, all the credit, you know, for getting that done. Um, latest takeaway for you at murrayfinancialgroup.com. Will your money last as long as you do? Why are retirement income analysis matters for your future? Will your money last as long as you do? Go to murrayfinancialgroup.com, and it's right on the homepage, and uh, get yourself that complimentary download. Back in a minute. It's happening this Saturday. Ashley Home Store Spectacular Super Sale with the biggest discounts. Save 40% off store-wide. Plus, take an additional 30% off your entire furniture purchase. Plus, free delivery and up to 60 months no interest financing. Save big on beautiful Ashley living rooms, bedrooms, dining rooms, and more. Decorate your home this Saturday at the Ashley Super Sale and save 40% off plus an extra 30% off plus free delivery at Ashley Home Store in Frederick and Hagerstown, Maryland. Whether you listen on the radio, on the computer, or on your phone, it's always 9.30 WFMD. Long bumpy ride sitting back in the saddle. It's time to get down, dirty up my knees in the battle. I'll come on, round up the boys, gonna make the walls round. Let's go. 
Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio, 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And, of course, at uh, uh, iTunes, you can get it as a podcast. So not a whole lot of economic data this past week. One thing I just wanted to spend uh, a moment on before uh, we get ready for our guest, Dr. Uh, Jonathan Newman, uh, who is a uh, professor of economics and finance at Bryan College uh, and talking about monetary policy. Um, Consumer prices, you know, we saw the uh, CPI or the consumer price index come out this week and prices increased in May at the fastest annual rate in almost 13 years. So the Labor Department said that the consumer price index in May rose 5% year over year. That was hotter than the 4.7% that was uh, anticipated by economists. And then when you dig a little deeper, and I looked at the core CPI, which excludes food and energy, not sure why, because I don't know about you, but I need to eat. And I need to put uh, fuel in my vehicles to get where I'm going, but I digress. Um, But that core CPI in May rose 3.8% annually. That's the most since June of 1992. So this hot inflation reading that we got uh, comes right before the Federal Reserve meets next week for their uh, June policy meeting. And we're just going to have to wait and see because, again, everybody's saying, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, it's it's really not a big deal. Um, you know, it's transitory. That's a word to make you feel dumb. Um, you know, and those kind of things. There's no evidence that it's going to stay around. It's not impacting people. Again, if you're buying food, either you're making it for yourself or you're buying a meal out, it's more expensive. And also... Um, like I said, with energy costs, but look at all commodities, lumber and um, wheat, barley, corn, soybeans, coppers, you know, all the uh, metals and and minerals. So it's real and they have to quit acting like it's not because it is real. Uh, Again, the latest um, complimentary takeaway, will your money last as long as you do? Go to murrayfinancialgroup.com. It's right on the homepage. Click that. That'll be up for another week or so. But click it and get it today. It goes right to your email box. And in just a couple minutes, I'll be joined by Dr. Jonathan Newman, uh, professor of economics and finance at Bryan College. We're going to be talking about monetary policy. What are these central bankers doing? Like, and, and what's it going to do to us uh, as Americans and also other free citizens uh, around the world? It's time to get healthy and switch to tea from Voila and Frederick. Check us out at 10 North Market Street in historic downtown Frederick. This is 930 WFMD and WFMD.com. Now. WFMD News. The investigation continues into the deaths of a Frederick man and his two-year-old son, whose bodies were found early Friday morning along the Appalachian Trail in Washington County. State Police spokesman Greg Shipley says troopers were contacted by the wife of 34-year-old Sean Thompson and the mother of their son, Dawson. She said Sean Thompson picked up their son at her parents' house in Boonesboro at around 8.30 and said he was going hiking. She had found her husband's car parked near the Appalachian Trail. Maryland State Police uh, 
immediately launched an operation searching for him. Uh, they called in a mobile field force or special operations division, as well as uh, experts from the Natural Resources Police. Shipley says just after 3 a.m., Dawson's body was found in a ravine off the trail. Less than an hour later, Sean Thompson's body was located. He says the cause and manner of death remain under investigation. There was trauma to both bodies. Um, investigators have found a knife at the scene, but we don't know uh, the, either the cause or the manner at this time. State police are classifying this as a murder-suicide. Further assistance is available for residents having trouble feeding themselves and their families. Frederick County Executive Jan Gardner says a new website has been launched called feedingfrederick.com. She says residents who go to that website and type in their zip codes will find the nearest food distribution site closest to their homes. For someone in need of food, though, it is sometimes difficult to know where to go, how to get there, and what the hours are. And so connecting people to those food resources so they know where they can get their next meal is important. Gardner says there are about 80 food distribution centers in Frederick County which provide food free for families having a difficult time. I'm Kevin McManus, WFMD News. I'm Jessica Stone. President Biden at the G7 in England today, gathering allies to call out China on its forced labor policies and to push back on Beijing's global infrastructure ambitions. On the agenda at the meeting with world leaders, climate, Russia, China, and the Middle East. The global economy also taking center stage. The president held a bilateral meeting with UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson on day one. Fox's Rachel Sutherland reporting. And back here at home, firefighters across Arizona are battling wildfires with extremely high temps forecasted for the next few days. The largest, about 60 miles outside of Phoenix and Superior, Arizona, has forced hundreds from their homes. We've actually had some sparks created by dozer blades uh, where they, they were dragging on rocks and actually sparked a, you know, a small fire. That was Incident Commander Dean McAllister. America is listening to Fox News. The 930 WFMD Skyscan forecast for Frederick and surrounding counties. For today, we'll have mostly cloudy skies, showers, and possibly a thunderstorm. Some of the storms could produce heavy rain, the high 70. Tonight, cloudy, showers likely mainly before 8 o'clock, the low 61. For Saturday, partly sunny, the high 83. Partly cloudy Saturday night, the low 64. For Sunday, mostly sunny, each other showers and thunderstorms, the high 86. And sunny Monday, the high 84. PJ's Roofing, when it comes to your roof, they've got you covered. Visit PJ's Roofing. I'm Dean Fettis. As a public service, News Radio 930 WFMD brings you statements from state and local officials pertaining to the coronavirus pandemic. We continue to collaborate with the county regarding capacity levels and safety measures. And in addition to our reopening, I'm also happy to announce that Frederick County Public Libraries will be going fine free on June 15th, giving all customers a clean slate. In 2019, we took an initial step toward this by removing fines on all children's materials. But after the past year, and with the full support of our board of trustees, we felt it was the right time to expand our fine-free status for all. Libraries across the country have embraced this change, and we are proud to update our own policies and join this growing movement that removes a barrier to our resources. Research has shown that fear of fines keeps many from ever entering a library. And we're pleased that this change comes as we open our doors and welcome the entire community back. Finally, I want to thank our customers 
for their patience and support over this past year. We will keep you updated on breaking news from Mid-Maryland's Radio News Center, 930 WFMD. It's your financial editor with Chris Murray on 930 WFMD. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And, of course, as a podcast, uh, just go to iTunes, your financial editor. You'll get um, all the, uh, the, the the shows, episodes will uh, show up for you. Good program for you today. Uh, joining me uh, today is my guest, Dr. Jonathan uh, Newman. And um, Jonathan um, is a professor of economics and finance at Bryan College uh, down in Dayton, Tennessee. Uh, he got his BA from Sanford University and then his MS and his PhD from Auburn University. And um, the reason we're speaking is because uh, I subscribe to the uh, Mises uh, newsletter, daily newsletter. And uh, Jonathan wrote a real nice piece um, recently titled How Monetary Expansion Creates Income and Wealth Inequality. So we're just going to kind of dive into that subject from about a 30,000 feet uh, view and talk about that and its impacts. Good morning, Jonathan. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks a lot for being part of the program. Really appreciate it. And I'll just let uh, listeners know, on our end here in the studio, we're having some uh, technical problems. My guest, Dr. Jonathan Newman, who was kind enough to take uh, time out of his schedule, uh, thinking we were going to have a good discussion this morning. So I'm going to try to reschedule Jonathan, and um, we're going to be talking about monetary policy and uh, a really nice piece that he wrote um, in May on what's going on with the Federal Reserve and low interest rates and uh, things of that nature. So, um, you know, we'll have to uh, just wait and see um, if I can get him back on. But, uh, again, I apologize. That's uh, that's my fault because of whatever's going on with the board here. Um, so what this does is it gives me a little bit of an opportunity to talk more about some of the economic data that I saw this week uh, the most important I already touched on a moment ago was the um, the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, and it just goes to show how hot uh, inflation is. Uh, one of the other things that I touched on earlier, too, but I want to kind of come back to is U.S. job openings hit a uh, record high in the month of April. So the number of open positions totaled two or excuse me, 9.286 million. So just shy of 9.3 million job openings, according to the Labor Department's Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey, or JOLT is the acronym. Um, And also March's numbers were revised higher than what we were previously told as well. No big surprise to see of those uh, 9.3 million job openings, Accommodation and food services accounted for 349,000, but even other services listed were over 115,000. Durable goods manufacturing, we know that there's all this demand out there. They posted almost 79,000 jobs that haven't been filled. 
So those were some of the biggest uh, job openings numbers that, uh, that, that I saw. And again, in an effort to bring people back to work, at least 25 GOP-led states have announced an early end to the extra $300 in weekly unemployment benefits. And I give them all the credit in the world, especially the pioneers of that who got out early and said, this is just stupid. It's ridiculous to pay people not to work. And then you had people, you know, kind of jumping on the tailcoats at the end. Um, but I, I am glad to see it no matter, you know, who did it. Um, the other thing I saw that pertains to that, it ties in, and I was looking at it this week, the NFIB Small Business Optimism Index fell two-tenths of a point in May to a reading of 99.6. Um, the main problem a record high 48% of owners reported unfilled jobs. So that, that, that again, is where the problem lies. The labor, according to the chief economist Bill Dunkelberg uh, at the NFIB, NFIB, excuse me, who's been a guest on the Your Financial Editor program before, he said the labor shortage is holding back growth for small businesses across the entire country. If small business owners could hire more workers to take care of customers, sales would be higher and getting closer to uh, pre-virus levels. Um, in addition, inflation on Main Street is rampant, and small business owners are uncertain about future business conditions. So there you have it. And you look at these small business owners, they're worried about not being able to fill their employment positions, and then also they're worried about inflation and what that's going to do uh, to the picture overall. Uh, something else I saw that was rather interesting um, you still have a strong, strong demand in um, home sales across and rent, actually. You know, people wanting to rent, people wanting to buy. Of course, the problem has been, even though you've got this uh, interest, it's very, very high in purchasing uh, homes. Um, even if, even, even though we see these prices going up, right? Overall, last week, mortgage application demand declined. So it was down 3.1% in the past week, according to the weekly survey from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with it was a shortened week because of um, uh, Memorial Day. And um, there's just not the inventory out there as well. Uh, so it was no big surprise to see that, you know, that slipped a little bit. But also the refinance applications fell by about 5% for both conventional and government loans. So, um, you, you know, you still have this very, very strong uh, desire from buyers out there. But uh, you have the, you know, the inventory is getting a little bit better, but still have that shortage um, so, you know, it's pretty interesting to see that we continue to watch that closely uh, because it impacts so many different people. Uh, I know my brother and sister-in-law, they put their house on the market, um, in new market the other day. And, you know, literally, I think it was one or two days and that was it. It, it was off the market. So, um, you know, they, it's a great, great 
uh, market for sellers out there and still some buyers, you know, because money's cheap. So that helps them maybe squeeze into a house that it, originally they didn't think they were going to be able to uh, to get into. So, um, like I said, that's interesting to see that. Um, we also saw the U.S. trade deficit fall by 8.2 percent in April. Now, it had reached a record high in um, in March. So it was good to see it come down uh, 8.2%. That was according to the Commerce Department when I was reading that data. So basically what happened is our exports totaled $205 billion in April compared roughly to $274 billion coming in for imports. So that left us upside down by $68.9 million. Um, not surprised at that either. You know, our economy, once people were... Um, reopening and uh, got away from all the foolishness of, you know, you have to be closed, you can be open, you have to be closed, you can be open. Um, Once all that nonsense, and, you know, again, 10%, 25%, 50%, all arbitrary. um, Once that stuff gets pushed out of the way, you see the American consumer ready to roll. And there is a lot of uh, demand out there uh, for sure, um, and and that's why you're seeing the, uh, the the difference between imports and exports. So we are stronger than a lot of other uh, places around the world, other economies around the world, and that's why our appetite is uh, is more for the importing and us purchasing those imports than what we're uh, sending out currently. So hopefully, the other countries will um, do smart things, open up. Ex- quickly as possible and uh that will help our exports uh as uh, as time goes by so um those were just a couple other things i wanted to share with you i'm going to squeeze a quick break in and then when we come back uh we'll be talking about the latest piece that i have available for you it's a complimentary download will your money last as long as you do uh it's up at murrayfinancialgroup.com for you Um, We'll talk about that a little bit. Again, I'm going to reschedule Dr. Uh, Jonathan Newman to talk about monetary policy, and um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, It's just unfortunately we're having these technical issues with the board. So um, we'll be back in just a minute. fix that kitchen leak by yourself or maybe your toilet is clogged up one too many times if you're in search of professional reliable and efficient plumbing services look no further than griffith plumbing no matter your plumbing problem griffith plumbing can help learn more at gogriffithplumbing.com if you've got a plumbing problem just a call the answer is at gogriffithplumbing.com 
on Interstate 70, 270, and 81 on Routes 3, 40, and 15. Take us with you wherever you are. 930 WFMD. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And of course, uh, as a podcast, uh, you can just go and pull it down on uh, iTunes and uh, listen to the program. Um, before I get to the uh, the latest uh, complimentary uh, takeaway that we have for you that we put up a couple weeks ago, and it's going to be here for a week or so, I guess, um, you know, a lot of people were asking questions um, really the whole last year, but recently in particular, about just how strong the economic recovery is. Um, One thing to remember is none of this is normal. You know, never have we purposely shut down our economy here in the United States. Um, And the money that has been, the taxpayer money, that has been committed because of the virus is also unprecedented. Uh, none of this is normal. So when people say, oh, this reminds me of, you know, maybe the financial crisis, except it's accelerating much quicker. Well, that's because we shut down the economy. And for a month or two last year, you know, the kind of March, April time, Everything was shut down, and then all this money came in, and we realized we were going to be able to handle things, and you saw, because of that money being printed, this V-shaped recovery, you know, down and then straight back up. Um, So that's, you know, making people feel good. The stock market recovered. That's great. Um, You know, a lot of businesses are trying to recover. Some are lost forever, which is tragic. Um, and then, of course, the the human side, just getting away from the financial side for a moment and the economics, uh, the human side was just a massive tragedy as well, of course, because of the loss of life uh, directly from the virus, but also, uh, you know, the overdoses and the physical abuse and child abuse and mental abuse and all the problems uh, that also the depressions, you know, that came from um, from the virus lockdowns, which were totally, obviously, uh, the government imposed it. And so the people that listened to that, um, you know, they had consequences they had to deal with in many instances. But again, on the, the financial side, this was something we've never seen. There's going to be, a, you know, a reckoning for all of this monetarily. Economically, um, you know, financially, when you look at the markets, um, no time soon, because with all of this money being out there and slushing around, it's making its way to the bottom line of these corporations. So you think of the Dow 30, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, the Russell 3000, um, all these indices both domestically and abroad, 
uh, but especially domestically, again, what drives the financial markets at the end of the day is profit. If companies are making money and it shows up in their bottom line, then the markets are going to do well. When companies start losing money or threaten to lose money because of a situation, that um, shows up also, and that's where you see the selling start. With all the money that's sloshing around out there, with all the pent-up demand, um, you know, this is going to go on for a little while where you're probably going to see the markets uh, do okay because that money is being spent and making its way to the bottom line. Uh, but when it needs to really stop and catch its breath, don't be surprised. Which, by the way, every year it's normal to have a 10 to 14% roughly um, correction. Uh, very, very normal, very, very healthy. And, um, the again, what we're trying to determine is, is it going to be worse because of what the government has done and continues to do? Is it going to drag out longer? Uh, that type of thing. So there's some unanswered questions. Obviously, there is no crystal ball, but that's what's going on right now. Nothing normal. None of this is normal. So when people try to compare it to other recessions, you just can't. You know, there's, there's nothing to compare it to. Um, I was mentioning our latest uh, complimentary takeaway. It's um, will your money last as long as you do? And um, it's a free takeaway. Just go to uh, murrayfinancialgroup.com. It's right on the homepage. You get your instant download to your email. Uh, it talks about uh, how an experienced uh, professional can address your what-ifs about retirement, uh, how the uh, average person spent $146 a year on health care in 1960 compared to the average cost today. So you're going to be surprised at that number. And also just to make sure you're asking the right questions about retirement. You know, how do you make your money last? Uh, what would happen if there was a long-term care uh, issue? Uh, or some type of uh, medical, uh, other medical needs. You know, what's that going to do to a retirement? And uh, it's it's a fairly short read. You know, it's only uh, four pages, and I think you'll find it helpful. The white papers that we put on and and um, have as complimentary takeaways, we really get a lot of positive feedback. So, number one, thank you for that. But number two, take advantage of it uh, because that's that's it's there to help you. Uh, to to do better and to uh, to accomplish what you want to accomplish. You know, it's it's a resource for you and it's complimentary. So that does it for us. Again, I'll get Dr. Uh, Jonathan Newman on maybe even next week. I'll have to see what I can do and change my schedules around. Um, and then I'll talk with you on the Morning News Express uh, every weekday mornings at 550, 6.50, 7.50 with Bob Miller and Ryan Hendrick. And then uh, we will be back here, uh, God willing, uh, next Saturday for another edition of the Your Financial Editor program. So I hope you have a great rest of the uh, weekend. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success. It's got a touch of the town where I grew up. Something in a damn California girl's love. Some people like to make a little fun of the way I talk. It gets slower at the three. 
past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com. News Radio 930. WFMD Frederick. A connoisseur media radio station. 7 o'clock.